There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Thursday, December 8th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Today, the House committee tasked with investigating Commander's owner Daniel Snyder didn't hold back in a scathing report, finding that Snyder withheld information, was deliberately vague, and potentially lied to the committee and to the NFL in what information he revealed about previous sexual assault investigations and settlements in the past. WTOP congressional correspondent Mitchell Miller gives us the upshot on the findings of the member's 14-month investigation. In more than 100 questions, he either said he didn't know or couldn't recall Mm. what was going on when they asked him about this. These were all questions, of course, related to sexual harassment, the toxic workplace that you talked about. Plus, we go to two historic neighborhoods for this week's DMV Dates recommendations. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. The Washington commanders, quote, created a toxic work culture for more than two decades, ignoring and downplaying sexual misconduct by men at the top levels of the organization, end quote. That's how the Associated Press summarized today's report from the U.S. House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Beyond the culture and the findings of the committee, it spent a good portion of its 79-page report focused on Commander's owner Dan Snyder, who it says was involved in the misconduct, but also interfered in the investigation that was eventually taken over by the NFL and interfered with the congressional investigation by, quote, intimidating witnesses and blocking the production of documents. It's a lot to take in. So thank goodness we have our congressional correspondent, Mitchell Miller, to help us out. Mitch, thanks for being here. Absolutely. So we didn't know a lot about Snyder's testimony until now. Remember, he was on his yacht somewhere in France when Congress subpoenaed him to come back and testify. But now that this report is out there, do we know what he said? We know at least a characterization of what he said from the committee. And this is coming from congressional Democrats, who we can get to this later, have a lot of different opinions than Republicans on the committee. But we remember, if we step back just a bit, as you mentioned, they were trying for a long time to get his testimony and they couldn't get it. He was overseas and he had various uh, excuses in some views of lawmakers and also some legitimate reasons why he couldn't make it. But nonetheless, he did testify remotely for 11 hours. And now what we know, at least according to the committee, committee is they say he was evasive, uh, sometimes just tried to get away with not really answering the questions. They cited the fact that uh, in more than 100 questions, he either said he didn't know or couldn't recall Mm. what was going on when they asked him about this. These were all questions, of course, related to sexual harassment, the toxic workplace that you talked about, Mm. all these allegations over the years that uh, basically were lodged against the team and they had been trying to get him to testify for so long. So I think that is really the newest part of this report is the fact that he did testify for that long, but they claim that he didn't really answer their questions is the bottom line from the lawmakers. So they're definitely saying that Snyder didn't cooperate with them and apparently not just with Congress. The report found that NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell was unaware of some of the information Snyder said he provided to the league. 
Right. The the committee really has a, a pretty damning allegation, uh, which is refuted by the team. But basically, they, they say that Snyder initially said that he told the NFL back in 2009 about these allegations of sexual harassment against him that led to a one and a half plus million dollar settlement with a former employee who had accused him of sexual assault. Now, he has publicly denied ever sexually assaulting anybody. And the indication from the team is that this was done because they just had to to get rid of this situation. However, Roger Goodell, who also testified, as you'll recall, before the committee, stated that they were never told about this initially, that, you know, Snyder, even though he said that the NFL was told about this, he said that they didn't learn about it until 2020, more than a decade later. So this is part of what the lawmakers on the committee are saying is part of a pattern, they believe, Mm. of where they were basically, their strongest language is that there was obstruction, that they were interfering, uh, Dan Snyder and others related to the team were interfering with their investigation basically trying to downplay all these allegations from former employees over the years. There's a lot here, as I mentioned, and it's, I mean, we've talked to Mitch about this before, and there's just, you feel like you're summarizing the last 20 years of the team, but just mm. to refresh our memories, after allegations of sexual misconduct came to light, the team launched an internal investigation that the NFL then took over. They hired a woman named Beth Wilkinson, an attorney. Her findings have never been made public because of an agreement between Snyder and the league that both of them have to agree to release it. Uh, the team was fined $10 million, and that's where it kind of things were for a while. But then this congressional investigation came about. Um, Mitch, what did the congressional report say about the Wilkinson report? Um, I saw something about how Snyder had maybe like a shadow investigation going on at the same time and was potentially intimidating those who wanted to talk to Beth Wilkinson. Right. The committee is really concerned that there were private investigators looking into all kinds of things uh, on behalf of the team, apparently. And Snyder was asked about this, and he acknowledged that there were private investigators hired, but then he again stated that he didn't know who they were talking to, where they were going. So it's really kind of confusing if you're looking at hiring private investigators, you would think you would want to know what you want them to investigate. So uh, the committee indicates that's fairly disingenuous right there. But that part of the investigation, what you talked about with Beth Wilkinson, that is a real point of uh, contention involving the committee and the team because Mm -hmm. and and the nfl for that matter because the committee doesn't feel like they were ever given this information and that was part of essentially a cover-up and they also are critical of the nfl as well so the indication at least if you read between the lines as part of this report is that um you know people were uh that used to work for the team that were going to testify that were going to go public that that's where these private investigators were going to try to basically keep it quiet and and downplay it and uh there were a lot of allegations made by the committee over the last few months in connection with this investigation but a lot of it has also been hard to pin down and that's in part because the team and Dan Snyder have been pushing back so hard. Mm. So just so I'm getting this clear, the committee is really alleging that Snyder has been orchestrating kind of this subterfuge and sabotage of all these investigations, whether it be the committee, you know, within the House of Representatives or the NFL. And this is all some just grand conspiracy. Well, they're at least stating that, first of all, a lot of people wonder why, why is Congress even investigating an NFL team? So let's take that first. 
that's because they are looking at workplace misconduct and not just with NFL teams, but workplace misconduct in general, because Democrats on the committee say they want to help people to protect themselves, you know, from these non-disclosure uh, type of legal agreements mm -hmm. where people are, are basically bound so that they can't say anything about this. But what this report, as you uh got to is the fact that there's been so much in this report about Dan Snyder and whether he was really he claimed publicly that he wanted to get to the bottom of all this. But what they are saying is that he was not trying to get to the bottom of it at all, that he was actually trying to obfuscate the committee as much as possible and that they were really trying they were spinning their wheels at times, uh, whether it was trying to get testimony from him or to get people to talk about it. Now, they did have uh, former president of the team, uh, Bruce Allen, testified. There's some uh, indications that he told them about these private investigators and that he even mentioned that potentially there was a, a private investigator assigned to the NFL commissioner. So, uh, again, a lot to unpack there. But that what you summarized right there is what the committee is saying is that there was a lot of uh, misconduct, not only with the team, but also the fact that Dan Snyder at the very top was not helping the situation. And you mentioned NDAs or non-disclosure agreements, and there's been some legislation resulting from this committee, you know, surrounding NDAs and how they can be used. What is that legislation? Well, they want to get this legislation passed. Basically, it would say that um, various corporations and entities would uh, not be able to lock people into those non-disclosure agreements so that they could actually come forward and state what they need to state without facing any kind of repercussions from the uh, corporation or whatever entity it is. Now, on the other side, as I alluded to earlier, Republicans are highly critical of this investigation, and I'm talking about Republicans who are on on this committee, they don't think that Congress has any business investigating this in connection with an NFL team. They think that the chair of the committee, Carolyn Maloney, has been trying to score political points and just going after the team on these various issues. And when the Republicans take over the House uh, in the coming year, this is all, from this committee at least, going to go away. However, as we've talked about in the past, uh, it will not go away for the team because there are investigations on going in the District of Columbia as well right. as Virginia yeah. related to a lot of these allegations. And we've been talking a lot about Snyder and the focus of the report being on the commanders, but the NFL is not shielded from this either. Um, as you mentioned, Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, testified um, during this investigation. And I think there's so much interest, not only because it's the NFL and Americans are so obsessed with football, but it really has sort of peeled back or pulled back the curtain, maybe, is the better analogy. Um, to how this whole organization works mm. and, and, you know, just the, the nitty gritty behind it. Um, the committee said that not only did the NFL weren't as forthcoming as they could have been, but it aided Snyder. Uh, this quote really grabbed me. Rather than seek real accountability, the NFL aligned its legal interests with Mr. Snyder's, failed to curtail his abusive tactics, and buried the investigation's findings. Um, can you talk about, Mitch, about how they focused on the NFL in this report? Yeah. And what the what the biggest criticism of the NFL specifically is the fact that a lot of the lawmakers think the NFL and a lot of critics of the NFL, for that matter, think that the league is only considering its image and that it is not really worried about getting drilling down on these really difficult issues and that like these this issue with uh, the report, the Beth Wilkinson report, the fact that uh, thousands of documents were not released, although mm -hmm. the NFL points out that 
parts of this were released. The fact that they did an investigation and then never really gave the full report when they had it complete, mm. that really sticks in the craw of a lot of lawmakers, too. So the NFL is has been bruised by this. I mean, as I mentioned, Roger Goodell did testify uh, for several hours before the committee, and the NFL kind of wants to have it both ways. It wants to say that, yeah, we're really looking into these various problems that the league has, whether it's this issue or we've obviously had a lot of issues related to concussions and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But critics say that the NFL always wants to kind of polish that public image and make it look like they're really looking in, into something and concerned about it. But behind the scenes with their lawyers and all these costly legal cases and everything that they are really working to mitigate it in the public view, because for them, their public image is everything. And, and by the way, I should note, uh, we do have a statement from um, the commander's organization, and I, I can give you briefly some of what it says. Um, essentially, it says that there are no new revelations in this report, uh, despite what we've talked about with Dan Snyder. Mm. Um, they said that the committee was not interested in the truth. They were only interested in chasing headlines by pursuing what they said is a one-sided approach. They point out that Dan Snyder did testify for 11 hours. They say that he testified truthfully as much as he could. Uh, and they basically point the finger at the committee, uh, kind of like some of the Republicans on the panel, uh, saying that this is somewhat political and that this investigation really doesn't show much more than what the, the team itself has, has acknowledged publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, they also say that they uh, have continued, as we've talked about in the past, made improvements over the years and that they're trying to say that this was all in the past. And while they have acknowledged problems, they're saying uh, the team is proud of the progress it has made in recent years and establishing a welcome and inclusive workplace. And it uh, looks forward to continuing those efforts. So mm. that's the team side of things. Right. And it sounds like two very stark realities. One reality where there's this uh, political push to investigate Snyder and it's all kind of clouded in, you know, political gains and people wanting to get ahead. And the other reality is Snyder's orchestrated uh, a work environment of abuse and deceit. I feel like there's just two very stark realities and there's not a ton of middle ground. Right. It's it's very difficult to sort it all out. But I, I will say that um, the fact that this did get before Congress, uh, sometimes this happens, you know, again, going back to the point of, well, why are you investigating pro sports teams? You know, right. um, this this has come up in past situations, um, you know, in baseball, for example, Major League Baseball, Congress got involved and that kind of blew the lid on the whole steroid issue because you had uh, people that came up to Capitol Hill and they actually had to testify under oath. And so even though there are critics that say Congress should really just stay out of this, let the NFL deal with it on its own. There are other people that say, well, if you don't push and have these public officials in Congress investigating some of these issues, things like sexual harassment, a toxic workplace, all of these things would continue if you don't continue to try to investigate them. The timing of this is also interesting because obviously with the Republicans taking over the House, I imagine, Mitch, this was under somewhat of a deadline to get this this report out mm. um, and, and come to some finding after this investigation. But it also comes just weeks after the Snyders, Dan and his wife, Tanya, hired Bank of America to explore selling the team. Right. Uh, Forbes puts the value of the commander's franchise at five point six billion dollars. Um, and we know there are some very uh, high profile interested parties. But can you speak about the timing of this? Just because I think it's sort of interesting. This is all happening at once. 
Yes, that's a really, really good point. And related to the timing from the congressional standpoint, you're right. They have a lot of things that they, uh, on the Democratic side, they have to get done before the end of the year. This is uh, in a different, you know, in a similar way that, and it's a much broader issue, obviously, but the January 6th committee is soon going to be disbanded after it issues its report. Mm. In this case, they have been compiling this report for quite some time. As you noted, it's 79 pages. There's a lot there, and we've gone through quite a bit of it. But uh, also, the chair of the committee, Carolyn Maloney from New York, interestingly enough, was defeated in her congressional race. So she is not even going to be on the committee. So she, she certainly had an interest as somebody who basically led the charge on right. this investigation that she would try to get this out. Uh, I do think also it is interesting with the timing related to the fact that uh at least for some critics of Dan Snyder, a lot of fans are breathing a little bit of relief, thinking maybe at some point Dan Snyder might actually either have to step aside or sell the team. And the fact that they even announced that uh, in recent weeks, that's a huge step because don't forget, uh, just a few years ago, Dan Snyder was the same person who said absolutely he would never change the team from the Redskins name. Right. He would not do, he drew all these lines in the sand mm. and slowly they've been kind of taken away uh, now to the point where um, they're at least talking about a potential sale. But as we've talked about in the past, that is a pretty high hurdle to cross with the other owners. You've got to get um, not only a majority of the owners, I believe it's three quarters of the owners mm -hmm. to actually sign off on that. So I think we're still quite a ways from that actually happening, but it's certainly interesting all these things happening around the same time. Definitely. And then just to see it all in black and white and, you know, see what the Congressional Committee found. Right. Just ahead of whoever buys this team knows it certainly has its history of the team as far, you know, from right. a workplace standpoint here to reference. Uh, Mitchell Miller, our congressional correspondent, who's just a little bit busy today. Thank you for <laughs> carving some time out for us, Mitch. Absolutely. <laughs> and after the break, do you have too many holiday mugs? I, yes. for one, do not. In our DMV date segment, I'll explain how I'll fix that problem. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Explain your DNA on, on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. Before we go, I'm laughing because no one has not enough mugs. Apparently. That's I a mean, double negative. Sorry. Everyone has enough mugs. I do not have enough mugs for a very specific reason. Because okay. my drying rack is all cattywampus <laughs> and it just throws coffee mugs off of itself. No, it doesn't. I just bump it all the time and I lose mugs daily. Oh, so you break them. I break I break mugs. Which leads to I'm a what mean mug. Our D uh, <laughs> leads to our DMV date segment of the week. Boom. Sorry we're one day behind. Um 
Why don't you start since we gave you this this mug intro? I'm really fired up because um, oh, God, the puns today. Yeah, they're flying. So my date starts in Cleveland Park, one of my favorite neighborhoods in D.C., right along Connecticut Avenue, just north of the zoo. So you're gonna start your date around 5 p.m. But before 5 p.m., you're gonna do some pre-work. You're gonna wake up that Saturday morning and call All Fired Up, which is a pottery painting place, and you're gonna call. Hey. I know you don't take reservations for two people, but you take day-in reservations. So you're going to call them in the morning and say, hey, I've got a date. What time are you available? They're going to tell you. Hopefully it's around 5 p.m. You <laughs> go there at 5 p.m. or 6 or 7, you know, and uh, you paint a mug. You have a nice, you know, pre-made mug and you paint it for your partner or your person you're with. It could be a friend. It could be a date. It could be romantic. It could be cool. I don't okay. know. All right. But, the, you know. the newsroom was underwhelmed by this idea. But what I would like to say to you is this. Sure. Go for it. Do you feel a little pressure when you have a perfectly pristine, clean, beautiful piece of ceramics? Right. And it's like, what am I going to paint on this? A bear that doesn't look like a bear? Easy. You say, I love Rothko, who's like a <laughs> contemporary pa- painter, if you guys don't know. And he just paints stripes. Like literally blocks of color, and uh, you just say, "I'm I love Rothko," and you you impress your date that you know this contemporary artist, uh, okay. and it's the easiest person to replicate. Okay. So okay, that's your one fun fact, and you're gonna get another. So after you, after you're all fired up, after you made your mug at all fired up, you're gonna go down like three storefronts, I think, to Vaches. Have you heard of Dot Vaches? I went there last weekend, actually. Really, it's like the best. Their slices of pizza are two fifty a piece, um, which is solid deal. I get the white pizza with onions on top. You can't pay by card, by the way. You have to have a five dollar minimum. Cash, <laughs> but that's okay because you can get two pieces of pizza. Cash is king. You can yeah. also get like homemade pasta there to go and bring it home later, and eat that. So yeah, it's you're gonna, a little Italian market. It's awesome. You're, you're gonna enjoy a, a beautiful slice of pizza, and then just walk around. That's pretty much it. And as you're walking around, you're gonna turn to your date and you're gonna say, "Did you know?" that Cleveland Park had the first strip mall in the entire U.S. Really? Yep. Yeah, that strip mall has been there since 1930. And that's really, you know, when highways became ubiquitous around the country and strip malls were a thing. Anyway. I did not know that. Two were made simultaneously, and the one in Cleveland Park was one of those, too. What was the other one? No idea. But uh, not important for your date. Your date will swoon and be, whoa, that's so cool. My date is up in Annapolis, which I love visiting as much as I possibly can. Um, But it's going to start at a place I've never been. It's called the Quiet Waters Park. Oh, cool. And they have an outdoor ice skating rink. And it looks very legit. Whoa. They have a little stand that's selling hot chocolate and soup and all the warm things. Dang. And... You have to check Facebook because I think last night they said that they were amending their hours because it was so warm. Yeah. Um, so Our- the ice was melting. But So just check it before you go. But they have helmets, skates, little push carts, which I need because I'm really, really bad at ice skating, <laughs> and uh, skate sharpening if you have your own skates. Whoa. So you do a little ice skating, get some hot chocolate, kind yeah. of like enjoy a late afternoon. Right. And then you head over to downtown Annapolis. Perfect. Where the holiday market is going on. Whoa. On Dock Street. I feel like they have the best holiday market. I mean, so how picturesque is that? Yeah. Um, it starts at 11 a.m., so if you wanted to flip the date, you could. But mm. um, I'm ending at the holiday market because on Saturday night, if you choose to go on Saturday night from 6 to 8 o'clock, they have the Eastport Lights Parade, which is when everybody like totally decks out their boats. Whoa! And comes through. It's it's put on by the yacht club that they rebuilt after burning down a couple years ago. Oh wow! Okay. Um. Anyway, but these is are that some, the fun fact. <laughs> these are some legit 
boats. I mean, yeah. These are not dinky boats. This is a guys. maritime capital. These, I mean, you know that know that little true. strip, like in the Inner Harbor, that's yeah. called Ego Alley. Everyone mm. refers to it as Ego Alley because everybody drives their super super fancy boats in, and everybody else Strokes gawks at them. Ego. Exactly. Nice. Um, so it could be really cool just to see the lights. You've got you know your Christmas market thing. Wow. Going on. It's the 40th anniversary of the Eastport Lights Parade. That is your fun fact. There you go. Maryland, yeah. D.C. Boom. Yeah. Date ideas. Enjoy them. Um, that'll do it for us today on the DMV Download. That we will. are brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real Worlds. Give us a review and rate our show. Also, subscribe while you're at it. You can also find us on social media, and you can find us at dmvdownload.com. Are you going to actually go paint pottery? Yeah, I Because I want to see a picture yeah, on social well. media of what you paint. I'm going to do a Rothko impression. It's going to be great. I'm thinking red and yellow with a white strip in between. Yeah, kind of like, I don't know. Very Cheerios. Wow. Well, that's just, now I'm rethinking it all. (laughs) It makes it less elevated and childlike. I I apologize. Okay. Okay, blue, gray, the green stripe. Oh, that's nice. Don't characterize it. I won't. Very J. Crew. (laughs) Dang! (laughs) The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night.